You're listening to Kitchen Table Finance. Join Dave Shotwell and Nick Nauta as they cut through the complexity of financial planning and serve bites of investment advice that are both personal and practical. Hey, Dave, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Nick. How are you? Fantastic. It's Podcast Friday. Podcast Summer is Friday. not giving up yet. It's not going away. Not quite. Beautiful weekend ahead of us. Looks that way. I love it. I'm sure you're yep. not. You'd loving it, but that's all right. Uh, I'm sure your time will come soon enough. It's a little warm, but that's all right. We'll be all right. So today's topic, Dave, is a four-step plan. We're getting real detailed in our yeah. uh, podcast now. Yeah. A four-step plan for dealing with the financial media. So I know this is something that both you and I talk to clients about on a regular basis. And it's not just clients. Sometimes this is good stuff to remind ourselves as well, right? Like, Absolutely. It's all yeah. kinds of stuff that get you and I riled up in the market yeah. <laughs> or uh, in the financial media about the markets. <laughs> so... Um, it's it's natural. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, very natural. And that's kind of part of the problem is, right. You know, taking the emotions out of it and recognizing how you get worked up and what it's doing to you is is a good step in in kind of dealing with that. So we thought we'd take a deeper dive and and I'll let you kind of explain the premises because a lot of this is from a book that you read in our rereading. This, like, we can't take credit for the uh, four-step process here, but uh, I borrowed this uh, pretty much completely from uh, Dr. Daniel Crosby, who is a, he's trained as a clinical psychologist, but he's known as a behavioral finance expert at this point Mm. in his career Mm -hmm. and wrote a really good book called The Behavioral Investor, which takes a lot of the concepts of behavioral finance and and teaches how to apply them to how you think about your portfolio and where we usually screw up. So, mm-hmm. you know, we did a book review of Thinking Fast and Slow a couple yeah. of weeks ago. Think of Kahneman and that book as kind of the uh, foundation of behavioral finance. Daniel Crosby and Morgan Household, who we've talked about a little bit here, and a few others have now started to take those concepts and teach us how we... Uh, tend to let our brains mess up our portfolios. One of the parts of this book talks about how the financial media plays a role in our thinking. And it's not the role that most people assume they're trying to play of helping us figure out what <laughs> we should be doing with our with our portfolio. And, and he sets up this part of the book by talking... He, he appears on MSNBC and CNBC... I don't know if he's been on in a while, but he was he was there pretty regularly. And he talks about one of his first times there. He was being asked to speak about something going on and off camera before it started, he told the producer what you know his thoughts were on the topic. And you know, he's an academic psychologist, behavioral finance instructor. And mm-hmm. as he's going on air, he's got the headphones on, and the producer is saying in his ear, Don't be such a nerd. Just, you know, we're here, we're here to sell the news, not, you know, be, be the smartest guys in the room. Right. And he, he's, he, you know, and he didn't know what to do or what to say, you know, and res- yeah. as he's going on, he's like, okay, are they, am I going to like lose all credibility here or, or you know, or right. not be invited back or, you know, anyway. Uh, so 
without further it's a, ado. It's anyway, uh, yeah. interesting, actually, and the timing is perfect because the news that came out last night was that uh, Mr. Rupert Murdoch at the ripe young age of 92 yes. is finally stepping down, right? And I just, as you were saying that, I was thinking to myself, I think Rupert Murdoch was ever in like a, a pitch meeting going, Hey, yeah, you know what we should do is try to make better investors. And that's right. The, right, <laughs> that's, right. That's the kind of TV we should be producing around. Here. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Absolutely not. So, like, like the last thing on his list, maybe if it even made the cut. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, just keep in mind, you know, the overarching premise here is that the, the financial media is not there to help you be a better investor. Right. They're there to get eyes and viewers and listeners and readers. And none of that very rarely has anything to do with making you a better investor, understanding the markets better, right? Right. So, So Dr. Crosby's first step in dealing with the financial media is to consider the source's credentials and source of authority. So are we listening to an academic with credentials and deep background giving both sides of a story and how to think about things? Or is it just someone who's a talking head on camera because they're charismatic and have personality? Well, that, I mean, that's just it. In, in, in order to get onto those platforms, it, you know, you never hear the guy that goes on or the, or the gal, I should say, either one of them. Um, that goes on and says, well, this could happen, or maybe this right. happens, or yes. this might happen. It's always, this is yeah. going to happen, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> and it's, you know, we beat up on Jim Cramer a lot between the two of us. But, you know, I always say Jim Cramer could just as easily be talking about sports as he is the, you know, oh, absolutely. the investment you, world. He'd fit right in on one of the sports center shows absolutely. where they have like four guys debating whether the defensive ends of the Philadelphia Eagles are, are you know, as good as, as last year. Just, just keep that in mind. A lot of these folks that you see on TV were not put there because they are the top in their field. They're put there because they get people excited and get people to pay attention. Yep. Absolutely. I, I'm going to add to that too. I think of, um, a lot of the folks that are brought into the financial news got like made their name by making one right call somewhere mm-hmm. along the line. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think of um, there was a uh, a woman who showed up on every you know every week on MSNBC for a while because she got she was a hedge fund manager that made one good call going into the financial crisis having to do with mortgage bonds and all mm-hmm. of a sudden you know she was an expert on everything and or or they wrote a book that had some great claim yeah and like i think of richard dent and um mm-hmm. you know we've talked about about those before but it's like writing a book about something that never that's out in the future that's never coming to pass or has not come to pass doesn't make you qualified to to talk about everything in the markets. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually, you know, speaking of that, I just saw a headline a couple of weeks ago, I believe, about the um the the guy from the big short that was basically yes. right about the um and it's funny because the title was the guy from the big short like the the hedge fund manager from the big short because nobody knows what this guy's name is Not but it was like yeah. he is shorting the market again and that was like you know wow if, you know if he was right the that one time he's probably right again and so we should yeah. get out of the market like that's the the headline of like of, of what why people would pay attention to that which I you know, right. it's just 
And the thing about it is when you're wrong about stuff like that, they don't like (laughs) be wrong nine times out of 10, but you got it right once. And so all of a sudden people pay attention to you, right? Well, you know, there's a group of uh, Wall Street folks called perma bearers, right? They're always, always bearish. And the market is very, only in certain circumstances are the bears actually right. But it's, but they say it with conviction and they say it Uh over and over again. And as uh, grandpa used to say, you know, even a stop clock is right twice a day. So eventually they'll have their moment. Once or twice a decade, they'll get to shout it from the rooftops about how smart they are, right? (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) Dr. Crosby's point number two or or step number two in his four-step plan is Mm -hmm. to consider the melodrama in what they're saying. And that kind of, kind of goes with, with that too. Like again, back to Jim Cramer, you know, if, if you're, if you're saying it with sound effects and flashing lights, you're getting, you're getting people falsely excited about things that you really want to be dispassionate about and, and vice versa. If, if, if it's a overstatement of doom and gloom, that's going to get everybody excited too. Right. So, so try to peel back the, the drama around what they're saying, good or bad, and see if there's actually any facts behind it. If there's any- Yeah, well, I think that's an interesting one because I'm guilty of this as well. It's really easy to read headlines. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it takes oh, a lot more time today. to like click through and be yeah. like, what is this actually about? What are they actually saying? What are the facts behind it? It's yeah. real easy to just take a headline and run with it, right? So um, kind of along those lines, step number three is examine the tone. Mm-hmm. And if the speaker or the writer is using ad hominem attacks, meaning, you know, not basing what they're saying in objective reality, but instead attacking the, um, the delivery of the other side or um, right. you know, something personal about, about the attack, that's a sign that you probably should be changing the channel or looking away. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what agenda might they have? Other than the story, mm-hmm. and, you know, I, th- I, and I think in that context too, it's subtle. It's more subtle, but you know, you and I get bombarded with stuff from investment companies daily. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, well, you know, sure, this company that specializes in real estate investment trusts is telling me, you know, not to worry about the commercial real estate world or why it's time for alternative investments to, in my client's portfolio right now. Well, sure that just happens to be that your your um, favorite flagship fund happens to be a leveraged uh, right commodity fund or something you know yeah uh, and you know it's always they'll always find a reason why it's time for their their favorite thing their darling to be, to be oh right. yeah well no more and I think we've talked about this in, in previous podcasts as well like the whole um, the gold industry if you will like mm-hmm. They come up with some yeah. crazy yeah. stuff on the, both sides yeah. of the political a- aisle to just make people right. like want to put all their money in gold because well, you know the world's those going companies to have gold basket. sitting in their <laughs> stockpile yeah. that they want to sell you, so they're right. going to convince you, do everything they yeah. can to convince you that now is the time to buy it. Right. So exactly. Just always consider what the agenda might be, whether it's trying to sell you something in particular, or or convince you of some political angle. There's there's often yeah. often something other than just delivering the news going on behind it. 
Right, exactly. Is there a, a call to action that's going to benefit whoever wrote this particular article that you've received, right? Like that's a pretty big sign that maybe, you know, they're over-exaggerating or, or trying to get you to, you know, do something based on emotions. Right, right. And, you know, so Dr. Crosby's step number four in his four-step plan, if you've, if you've gotten this far and you're still thinking yeah. there's substance to what you're listening to, then jot down the facts that are in this, mm-hmm. or, you know, the purported facts and check them yourselves and make sure that they are, um, they survive the veracity test. Try to yeah. independently verify those. You know, it's interesting. There's so much information out there right now. I feel like you could take one article that says something and, you know, Google the opposite. And I'm sure mm-hmm. you'd come up with somebody that's saying the exact opposite thing with the same right. set of facts, right? right. Like having both opinions is probably a good idea to kind of gear you more towards the middle right. of what is probably the reality. Um, yeah. But you're absolutely right. You know, checking the facts, what are they actually saying? What are their sources? You know, right. can we, can we make sure that we understand kind of what they're saying, where it's coming from? Anybody who's stating anything with any definite certainty in the, uh, about what's going to happen in the macroeconomic world, you know, that I, I, you can change the channel right then and there, as far yeah. as I'm concerned, if they're, right. if they're absolutely certain something's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, you know, bigger picture, stepping back from this a little bit, I think a lot of us will be better off cutting, like going on a new, what, yeah, there's an author named Tim Ferriss. He's been around for a while, writes lots of self-help kind of stuff. Interesting guy. But one of the things he talked about early on, I used to listen to his podcast pretty regularly, was going on a news diet mm-hmm. and just trying to go like 24 hours or, or 36 hours without like reading any news. Because really, mm-hmm. what good does it do you? We feel like we have to know, right? And, and what are you going to do with that news? All it's going to do is make you worry. Right. All it's going to do is increase your own uncertainty mm-hmm. in... And, and you need to step back and say, okay, so say I, say, say I listen to this story that is pretty convincing, passes all four of uh, Dr. Crosby's um, um, steps here that we've talked about. What am I going to do? Like, like, right. like what's, what's, the, what's the logical um, next step? Do I you know, move all of my portfolio to cash? Right. Well, you know... <laughs> we, we can talk about what that means and, or, or, you know, am I going to somehow like lead my life differently? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this, this is applies more to more than just the financial news, right? Right. Like, oh, absolutely. Like, 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 like there's been every day there's headlines right now about UFOs and extraterrestrials, right? right? Okay, uh-huh. so at this point, if they haven't heard us, <laughs> what am I going to do? Am I, I, I going to run around with a tinfoil hat on and, and right. hide as I, you know, in case a UFO might be about to hover out of the woods? I don't know. You know, what are you going to do about it? Right. Am I going to change my life? No, I'm just going to like worry a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and there's only so much worry to go around in the world. So. Yeah. Another thing that I would say, too, if you are going to consume news, maybe think about when you're consuming it, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're 
if you're better, less, you know, on a more even keel in the yeah. morning versus the afternoon, right? Like when are you less likely to have an emotional reaction to it? So if, yeah. and think about consuming during that window when you maybe yeah. aren't as emotional. You and I have kind of joked about how every once in a while clients will say something to us at like 11 in the morning or, you know, one in the afternoon about something that's going on in the markets. I don't look at the news during the day. I look at the news in the evening or the morning and you know what is going on at that point? The market isn't open. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, I can't, you know, our clients count on us to try to be the filter on this stuff. Right. Right. And I'm not saying either of us are inclined to like read something at one o'clock in the afternoon and jump into our trading modules on, you know, Schwab software, start moving stuff around. Right. But, you know, I think just the rhythm of my day kind of, you know, removes that. And that's not a bad thing for people to keep in mind is, hey, if you sit down in the evening and and if you want to stay informed and you think that's important, then do it, you know, at six o'clock, seven o'clock at night. And don't, you know, log into E-Trade and place a bunch of uh, futures orders or anything, (laughs) you know. I mean, nowadays you you can trade some stuff around the clock. It used to be a little more um, regimented where 9.30 to 4 o'clock was your only time to really do anything. But yeah. So but it, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. And you know, even if you did, you'd have, you know, eight hours to think about canceling that trade. Yeah. Right. Right. Opened, right? Like, right. And putting right. a little bit of time in between like yeah, actually buffer. acting on something like that a buffer, is a huge, right. huge, you know, benefit to you to think about that and let the emotions go yeah. down a little bit. But, yeah. No, I think this is a uh, kind of a great four-step plan for thinking about it. You know, we're constantly bombarded with it and it's not going to stop. There's always, you know, they're always going to move on to the next thing. And so having a plan for how you deal with that and mm-hmm. how you um, make sure that you're making decisions, if that's what you're ultimately going to end up doing based on, you know, looking at things from an objective standpoint, I think is super helpful. Right. And, you know, most of the time, the best thing to do, especially in investing, is to not make any changes. <laughs> so, right. if this helps you, if this helps you with that, helps you not panic, helps you, you know, keep your portfolio where it is. That is, you know, worth its weight in gold, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, awesome the ir- irony of that slide. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, all right, it's been good, Nick. Always a pleasure. Uh, If our listeners have any questions or any topics that you're interested in, uh, feel free to shoot us an email at info at srbadvisors.com. Thank you very much, Dave. Have a great one, Nick. Gather around and follow the Kitchen Table Finance Podcast to learn about money and simple ways you can invest right now. You can find more practical advice at srbadvisors.com and contact the team for personal planning by emailing info at srbadvisors.com.